Good morning. The reading today comes from a book of poems of hope and joy. It's entitled, I Heard God Laughing. It's a selection uh, of renderings of Hafiz by Daniel Ladinsky. We all sit in God's classroom. Hafiz tells us that love's journey unfolds through every process of life. Divine principles are constantly being demonstrated all around us. We cannot learn them through words or books or limited systems of human values. Hafiz says that God is fully known only through love, which accepts everything. Love reveals the universe is a cosmic playground where everything and being participates in a single magnificent game. And a poem entitled, Someone Should Start Laughing. I have a thousand brilliant lies for the questions, how are you? I have a thousand brilliant lies for the question, what is God? If you think that the truth can be known from words, if you think that the sun and the ocean can pass through the tiny opening called the mouth, oh, someone should start laughing. Someone should start laughing wildly right now. Our speaker today developed his negotiation and communication skills at an early age, being raised with three brothers, seven sisters, and one bathroom. <laughs> he excelled at football and ice hockey through his academic career. Throughout high school and university, he also studied and performed in a variety of theatrical productions in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Moving to Los Angeles in 1979, he eventually appeared in The Goonies, Lethal Weapon 1 and 2, and The Winds of War with Robert Mitchum, numerous, numerous episodic television programs, and co-starred with Patrick Swayze in the award-winning stage production of The Brick and the Rose. These successes, along with the applying the principles of science of mind, led him to the realization that acting was his dream, but not his calling. The acting dream did, however, prepare him for his life work, creating communication and applying the perennial truth, consciousness precedes experience. A master carpenter and builder, a student of sacred geometry, he's a certified labyrinth facilitator and con has constructed two permanent circuits, Carter uh, labyrinths, the first at the center of positive living in Fillmore, California, and the second one in Edmonton, inlaid in the current presentation hall. He's a past member of the ICSL board of directors for four years. His portfolio was ICSL youth. He's moved to Edmonton in the winter of 2002, growing a small but dynamic spiritual community to several hundred members. His inspiring, humorous, and touching lectures are downloaded and listened to by thousands on a weekly basis. His weekly podcasts are available free of charge at the center's website. A thought after lecture on, on leadership and vision. Leadership, he says, is inspiring two people to dig a ditch in an empty field with nobody watching. Father to Megan, Max, Davis, and Matthew, he is in ministry, entrepreneurship, and partnership with his wife, Laura. 
They share a passion for travel, discovery, cross-country skiing, golf, reading, and having fun together. His passion for the beloved inclusive leadership style and joy of living fuels his life. Please help me welcome our spiritual director, Reverend Patrick Cameron. Man, what an introduction. I just told him to bring me out. You know what? You weren't at the... Uh, I, I had a chance to speak uh, Thursday evening at the um, our, our annual conference, and it, was, and it was the last speaker of the evening. It was quite sweet. And so you weren't there, so I thought at least you could hear the introduction that we did there. So, And it was fresh off the press. So, Anyway, great to be home. Beautiful day. So let's know this together as we sing our song and say our prayer. And I invite you to stand if you'd like to. If you don't want to stay seated, that, seated that's fine too. Whatever, whatever works for you. <clears throat> In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear. Oh, Spirit, one Spirit is in this very room. In this very room, in this very room. So I invite you to know with me, one life, one power. That life is our life. That life is my life. That life is perfect. It is my life right now. And as I claim that, as I choose it, it chooses me. There is no mystery about this. There's no secret. Everywhere present. And nowhere in particular until we decide and say, yes. I'm here, Spirit. Use me as your instrument to play the music that is uniquely beautiful and wonderful in and through and as me. Whatever it may be. The poetry that is seeking expression. The kindness and the compassion. The awareness. How we elevate the conversation and keep our conversation in heaven. Despite appearances. When we look out in the world and see the, see the discord and the ignorance being played out. To realize when we see it, that is not for me. No, no, no. I say yes to this idea. I'm not a, a spiritual wimp. I stand in the spiritual strength of knowing who I am and whose I am. And so may our conversation today, may we be shifted and moved by the music and the fellowship and the reminders of who we are. To walk out that door today and move into the world transformed in our consciousness to know that everything we touch, everything we speak to and speak of and everything that we think, do and say, we are the emissaries of the divine it is possible so I give thanks this day for being reminded of that to be guided to that awareness once again on my journey I give thanks I celebrate this day I look forward to all of it whatever it may be I say yes bring it on because I'm ready and you are too and for this I give thanks and together we say and so it is alright let's go home come on let's get it on alright so I got all beat it up today because it makes me uncomfortable. 
I was standing on a Safeway buying these flowers today, and I, this biker came up behind me, and I got this stuff on, and I'm like, you know, I just... I thought about giving him a kiss on the cheek, but that would probably be a little bit too far, so I, I held off. I feel like coming in here all bruised up. <clears throat> but I thought about it. So we had an amazing week last week, and, and uh, it was an incredible conference. Uh, we went down to uh, San Diego. We moved our annual conference from Asilomar, and we went to San Diego. And it was an amazing setting, right on the ocean. We had lunch and, and dinner out on the, in this park, and across the street was the ocean. It was just gorgeous. The hotel was beautiful. Amazing, amazing, amazing speakers. I'm going to share a little bit of, with you today of, of the inspiration that I brought back. And I was blessed to be able to speak, too. It was, just, it was just awesome. And we typically, we planned on 1,200 people. 300 showed up because it's a shift in culture. And when you roll out a new model, a lot of times people don't buy the first year. You know what I mean? Remember the Vega? No. Ford Bobcat and all those little cars that had problems with the gas tank, you ran into them, they exploded, things like that. It just deterred people from buying, you know, those kind of things. Anyway, it's a new model, and the reason for the new model is because we realize that we have something important to share with the world, and we need to get out in the world. And then we, they brought in Carolyn Mace. She's a medical intuitive, she's an amazing woman, just an amazing woman. And she, she said some really powerful things. And I want to just take a few of those pieces and share them with you today because I was so touched and moved by what she had to say. And I'll weave it in with my story a bit. I got a call on Tuesday that this young boy that had been killed, he was 18 years old, was stabbed at a party. Um, had, and and their, his mom and dad had attended the center for a, a, quite a while. Then they got busy with life. And, and we haven't seen them, but they're still connected to us um, you know, energetically, and still have great appreciation for what we do. Three, they have three young boys. Well, their oldest son had just turned, he was 18 for 20 days, at a party, got into an altercation. I don't know all the details, but he was stabbed and killed. So I got that message, and they asked me if I would facilitate the uh, memorial, which was yesterday, which we did. Got, off the, got home at midnight, got up at early tomorrow, yesterday, and, and went and met the family and talked to them, and then we, we did the deal. And so the reason I bring it up is it's such, a, it's such a powerfully moving thing. I think everyone is always touched by a tragedy like that because it is a tragedy. You know, I mean, the dream we have about our youth is they're going to live a productive and long life and it's going to be joyful and they're going to have grandkids and that generation and that generation. It's all this stuff we make up about that. And there's nothing wrong with that. And then when that's snatched from us, we want to try and figure it out. You know, I mean, and, and what Carolyn Mace had to say, and what I think was so powerful for me, and I loved what she had to say, was that 500 years ago, the scientists fell in love with logic and reason. And so there's books and books and books. You know, there's the mental equivalent. We talk about mental equivalence. You can go into the back of Louise Hay's book and find out, mm, I've got a sore right knee. Oh, that means, hmm, that means I'm not, uh, I'm not square dancing properly, perhaps, whatever it is. I don't know. Uh, typically, it means the right, I believe, is stepping into the future and the left, or the left is stepping into the future and the right is stepping out of the past, something like that, or it could be the other way around. Don't quote me on it, whatever you do. So when you're going through the line, let's not even have that discussion. Let's just, let's just agree right now, I don't know what I'm talking about, if it's left or right, okay? I find that much easier because I'm always corrected when I'm in line. No, no, you're wrong about that. The right knee is at the back of the knee or the front of the knee. I don't know, I'll get back to you on that. Anyway, so just telling you right now, we can talk about something more interesting. But the point is that we want to know why. Why did this happen? 
And Carolyn May said such a, said a, such a powerful thing. She said, you know what? It's, if you're on this trip, you're a human being, you've signed up, you're wearing, the, you're wearing the human suit, which is our bodies, the body temple, there's things you don't even have the right to ask. And that's one of those questions. You don't even have the right to ask it. I mean, you can ask it. You can spend your time trying to figure it out and come up with a story. I mean, I have several stories about it, but at the end of the day, we don't have the right to ask that. We signed up for this. There's a mystery about it. And what happens for us, because we fell in love with logic and reason 500 years ago, there's a reason for everything. There's a reason for everything. And, and so if we figure it out, it gives us great satisfaction. There's a reward. Now I understand. Oh, yeah. Now I understand. And what's happening, and the reason I bring it up so timely is we're, we're using this book of the month, uh, A Whole New Mind, Left Brain, Right Brain, and Right Brainers Will Own the Future because that's the movement. And Carolyn May spoke truth directly. She said, what's being given birth in this conceptual age that Daniel Pink talks about in his book is mystical intelligence. And mystical intelligence is given birth to at a very deep, deep, deep level. See, you are beautiful and extraordinary. There's nothing you can do about it. That's the truth. You are beautiful and extraordinary. Not a thing you can do about it. I'm getting a frown up here from one of the staff ministers, but it's true. You are beautiful and extraordinary. She's thinking. Now she's laughing. Good. Should be laughing because we're beautiful and extraordinary. There's nothing we can do about it. But what happens is, Dr. Ernest Holmes said we must turn away from the condition. Must turn away from the condition. So when I was asked to go to this memorial, I knew that what I, I got to do was I, 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 got, I had the opportunity to just be with people and the clarity and the consciousness to know. And I didn't have all the answers. Oh, it's this and this reason. Don't know. To be able to stand in my don't know and to be able to look in people's face and understand you are extraordinary and beautiful and despite. I told them when I got there, everybody was crying and sad in the faces. And I said, you know, the one thing I know about Blaine, this young boy, was, his name is Blaine uh, McNally. From what I've heard, because I, I met him, you know, seven years ago. The one thing I know about him is he would not be happy with all these frowns in this room right now. So we all need to get a smile on our face right now and think about something sweet that we know about this kid. And go there. But turn away. And so what I was doing was encouraging people to just simply turn away from the condition. And maybe it was for three seconds. Whatever it was. But see, we, 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 what happens is we get caught in a delusion of life. There's, there's delusions and delusions and delusions. They're all delusions. My telling you, you're extraordinary and beautiful. That's my delusion. I'm making up a delusion here, a new story. You can accept it or not accept it. You can choose. You can turn away from that. He doesn't know my story. He doesn't know what I did. I don't care what you did. You're extraordinary and beautiful, despite what you did. So I get home, and we got a call from my son, Davis. We were gone. And Davis calls and says, I dented the fender on the car. Okay, so Laura and I, we start making up a story about denting the fender on the car. Because, okay, well, he was out, and whatever happened, we didn't know the details. But it happened like Tuesday or Wednesday. So yesterday, before the, the, the memorial, getting home at midnight, we got up early <laughs> to go down to the impound lot because he dented the fender in the car, but they impounded the car. And we're like, hmm, okay, this is interesting. There's more to this story than meets the eye. <laughs> so we go down, and uh, we walk in, and Laura brings it, because he didn't have registration or ins- proof of insurance as well, so they took the car away. We walk in, and Laura and I are talking about, well, we'll go over there, we'll pick it up, drive it home, and take it to wherever we need to get it you know, looked at. <clears throat> so we... She, Gets at the counter, and she hands in the paperwork, and the lady said, did you call your insurance company? She says, no, why why would I do that? She says, well, the car's totaled. Oh. 
But we made sure we brought Davis along with us because we wanted him to have the full experience. We wanted this to be real for him. Seriously. I mean, this is a great, this is a teachable moment. See, and it's all extraordinary. And when you, and when you step into, when you turn away from the condition and just say, oh my God, this is an incredible teaching moment. This is a life-changing experience for this young man. And I'll give you my take on what I think happens, but it's just my delusion once again. So, you know, you can take it or leave it. So we, we, we can't drive the car home because he'd hit a tree and the dent in the fender, he dented the fender in about two feet into the engine. <laughs> and we still don't know all the details. And maybe over time we will and maybe we won't. But he's having his own experience with it right now. And one of the beautiful things that, that Carolyn May said and I agree completely. And it was so appropriate at this, this memorial for me. It really prepared. I mean, I just felt so blessed and gifted. Not that all this happened for me. I, in no way, shape, or form was this designed for me to have the awareness. But you, when you're looking for the clues, it shows up. The information is always there. And one of the th- other things she said is that we're greedy. We're greedy. We want to take everyone's pain away. We have this greed that we want to make everything right for everybody right now. Let's fix it. Let's make it all right and better right now. And see, the great thing is to be able to sit in it and let him have his experience. I told Laura, because we had a whole strategy plan when we got back. We were going to bring the car home. It was going to have a slight dent. We were going to let him save money. And when we had the money saved, we were going to let him get it fixed. All this, this is our delusion. Well, they ain't fixing this car. I got news for you. But we wanted to, we really wanted to suffer with him. And we didn't want, you know, and we wanted to have consequence that was meaningful for him. So to, to say, oh, you know, it's okay, come here, buddy, you know, it's, you made a mistake, and let's move on. I mean, that's part of it. You know, you, it's not to humiliate. It's just to simply allow somebody to have their experience, because this affects the whole family. In fact, I asked Cash, he's going to drive me around for a couple weeks. He said, no problem. He'll quit his job, and, well, I'll just take a couple weeks holiday, be my valet. We hadn't talked about that yet, but he's smiling. I, I take that smile as a yes. Thank you, Cash. Anyway, so yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of things to figure out now. But what I know about this is, and I told, her, I told his mom, because he's been doing his thing, he's 19, he's got his buddies, and they do these things. And we don't know what things they do, but, you know, you get up at 2 in the afternoon and you come home at 5 in the morning, they're doing things, okay? And we trust him. So, what's he doing? You know, we don't have him fill out a report every time he comes in. We've been letting him have his experience, because I was young once, too, and I know how that works. But what I know is, for us, when these things show up in our lives... It's the universe's way of saying, you're not playing at a big enough level, buddy. You need to stop and look. You need to stop and take, paying attention because you're not moving in the direction of your gifts. I know that to be true. I know there's a divine intelligence that wants the best of us. And, we can keep ma- and he can keep making those mistakes over and over again. Or he can, he can wake up to a new idea. But the tendency is, is to want to make it all better. You know, everybody should be happy all the time. There should be no tears. There should be no, no discomfort, distress, disease. But the beauty of life is we get to have these experiences. I'm getting choked here by my beads. Cutting my wind off. Anyway, so, so how this unfolds, I don't know. But Laura and I look forward to seeing how it unfolds. And, 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 and what happens for him. Because that's the, the beauty of this. I mean, cars are cars. And, and also with the, the perspective of going to this memorial service with this young man. Laura has been telling the boys since I've known her that, look, there's nothing good happens after 10.30 at night. You may as well come home. <laughs> the party's over. And I know that myself. 10.30 at night, you know, then you know, the owls start to prowl. I had a football coach in high school who used to say, you cannot soar with the eagles during the day if you're prowling with the owls at night. And the reason I remember it so well is because he said it to us every practice. 
<clears throat> but we're greedy. We want to take everyone's pain away. And we need to be able to stand with one another when things go sideways. You know, and we believe. See, we choose. And, and Dr. Ernest Holmes said, but we can learn how to, uh, to turn away from the condition. So one of the... Byron Katie was there as well, and she was incredible. Oh, she wrote a book called The Work, and she did the work with people on this platform. It was incredible. Amazing. Just amazing. I mean, this was such a rich, wonderful experience. And 300 people showed up. The organization, they, they think they'll, they'll lose somewhere between three hundred dollars and $500,000 because no one showed up. And I told the president three weeks earlier because we were having these, these, these conference calls, and I said, Ken, Dr. Ken, Dr. Ken Gordon, and I said, you know what I know, we're all going to end up paying for this as an organization. We're all going to, the dues will go up. I mean, I know that. We could all showed up. We had all you know, planned it and gotten there and supported the organization, supported the movement, because it's a collective consciousness. And when you're there, it's just you, get, you, you come back on fire. Laura and I talked about that. We used to have the Asilomar High. You'd go, and you're in, a, you're in this environment. It's in an elevated altitude. And then you come home, and there's this, you crash. Because all of a sudden, oh, yeah, I'm married to so-and-so. I forgot for a minute there. And, uh, yeah, and, and I'm working down there. Oh, that's right. I don't crash anymore. Because I have, you know, I've created an environment in my life where I don't crash anymore. I went and I went, wow, this is great. Step right in. Have this amazing experience. So rich, so powerful. And they're willing. It takes courage to do that. It takes courage to say to your membership. Because a lot of people don't want to do that. Don't want to leave a Silomar. We keep going back to a Silomar and preaching to the same 850 converted people. What's this movement doing? We're preaching to the choir. We've got to take it out in the world. You know, I found out down there that my talk, Sunday talks, are on iTunes. I had no idea. We have five, 6,000 uh, downloads a month. And growing. It's on iTunes. I had no idea. Darren, the guy that's living up in, um, he's living up north now, set it all up. He said, I'll house it for you. I'll send him out. Like, you know what? You just got to get out of the way sometimes and let what wants to happen. Let people play in their gifts. So Edward Villon was there. And I love Edward. He's one of my favorite ministers on the planet. He's from South Africa. He's got this beautiful South African accent. Beautiful consciousness. He stands up on the stage and you just, you can tell the consciousness when you're there. You're just like, this man I just feel so connected to. It's just like, oh my gosh. And he got up and he told this story. So I brought my mala beads today. And Sue Hodge is our maven mala bead person. You want to know anything about mala beads, talk to Sue. Once again, going through the line, I know very little. I am not the resource for mala beads. But I'm going to share you with Edward's example, which I thought was very powerful. He talked about it. About Dr. Holmes talk, said to turn away from the conditions. And so mala beads have 108 beads. You know, I was raised Catholic. I had rosaries. You get the, the, the crystal rosary, and this is a rosary. And that. You know, I had a whole rosary collection when I was a young man, along with my holy cards. We trade our holy cards. I give you two St. Joseph's for a St. Andrew, all that stuff. I'll give you a Blessed Virgin for two Jesuses and a... We would. Hey, I'm missing, gee, I'm missing St. Bartholomew. Anybody got a Bartholomew? You know, that kind of thing. With the mala, 108 beads represents 108 delusions. And so the mala, so Edward tells this great story. He's in Thailand, and he's wearing his mala. He's got a heavier mala, and he's wearing it around his head, like a little crown, you know. He just, and the, he walks up to the, they go to the temple to get the blessing from the monk. And he walks up to the monk, and the monk says, you chant. And Edward says, you know, in my limited ability to speak the language, he said, I, I just said, Yes. And so the monk said, well, let me hear it. And, uh, and Edward was with another um, companion familiar with our tradition. 
And he said, okay, well, our chant would be there's one life, that life is God's life, that life is perfect, that life is my life now. The monk says, good, good, let's hear it. He says, you want to hear the chant? Yes, yeah, I want to hear it. So they take them all out, and you start, and you never pass the knot. That's part of the tradition. There's a bigger bead here, which would be considered the knot. Many of them have a knot. You never pass the knot. So Edward starts, and he said, we went through 108. And the monk at the end said, good, 108 of them. So what I want to try with you, what I want to leave with you today, see, is to turn away from the, from the delusion. How do we do that? Well, we do it through spiritual practice. And yet our spiritual practice can become a delusion. I don't know what's going on with these beads, I'm telling you. Must be all that Vaseline I put on my neck before I showed up. So I want to try this with you. You want to, you want to try this? I'll time it. We're going to try this chant. It's, it, and it's part, of, it's part of the mantra. It, it, would be our, it would be our chant. So I'm going to start, and when you start to get it, just go ahead and join me. There's one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. There is one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. There is one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. There is one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. There is one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. There is one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. There is one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. There is one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. There is one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. There is one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. There is one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. There is one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. There is one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. There is one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. There is one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. There is one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. There is one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. There is one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. There is one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. There is one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. There is one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. There's one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. There's one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. There's one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. There's one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. Now that was about a minute. Seemed like about 20, didn't it? That's about a minute. But that is, that is our teaching, turning away from condition. Turning away from the conditions. So when our 18-year-olds are murdered, <clears throat> when our 19-year-olds drive our cars into trees, when, and what happens for us is we get captured by the delusion, 108 delusions, and the delusions show up everywhere we are. The delusions show up in, in our jobs. Well, who are you? I'm so-and-so, and I do this. They, they show up in our nationalities. I'm so-and-so, and I'm from this country. They show up in our relationships. They show up in our bodies. There's no, what's to heal? What's to heal? If we understand there is one life, 
That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. Life is my life now despite conditions. See, it is a delusion, but it's a much more rich and wonderful delusion because that delusion moves you through a doorway of possibility and support and potential and opportunity. What I have found in my journey is very interesting because I've had to put down the logic and the reason because I've never been real strong with logic and reason. I've always been a right brain thinker in many ways. I've had to grow into the left side to become more lineal and, and sequential because I can go all over the map and I know that about me. But so I need to work with myself well. I needed to develop that capacity and the proficiency. I still need to read a lot. I still need to think a lot. I still need to digest it. That's just, that's, those are my gifts. And I look forward to it. I look forward to it. That's what Byron Katie said about life. To start to look forward to all of it. Well, I got up yesterday morning. I was going to go do this memorial service. And I did my prayer work because I knew that to pr prepare my consciousness to, sh to show up, not just saying it, but being it. One life. God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. Despite what this looks like, can be the, the sweetest gift that I can offer. And it wasn't in declaring that to anyone. It was just standing with people in their sorrow and letting people have their experience and letting people be transformed. There's many traditions on the planet that talk about transcendence. They talk about, and I love this distinction. I heard it at a workshop down and I think it's so true and it reminded me of things I forget. The difference between what we do and what a lot of people do in the world right now, this idea of trans transcendence is this idea of having a direct experience with God, moving into that state of bliss and having this direct experience with God. <clears throat> what we support and do here, which is different than that, is transformation. And transformation requires that we have that experience and we take it out into the world wherever we go. So it's not on a weekend. It's not for 10 minutes. It's to live and move and have our being. It's to go wherever we go and say, there's one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. And I am the expression of that in my work, in my play, in my relationships. And I'm not just a husband. And I'm not just a dad and a stepdad. And I'm not just a minister. And I'm not just a carpenter. I had that long introduction read to you today because those are, those are pieces of my life. But it's not who I am. It's not who I am. At the core of my being, I am a, 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 an individualized expression of the, the divine. And you are perfect in every way. And so transcendence is a wonderful experience. You have a bliss moment. When I look at a child, we're doing a christening at 1130 today after the second service. And there's God. There's God in every expression. When, when uh, Hafiz, when Arnie read that poem, Hafiz, you might as well laugh trying to describe God with words. It is in the music. As Dale said, thank you for being here today, by the way. I love her music. I love her energy. She's, she's a wild woman with that thing, whatever she plays. Love that. You are. And it's great. Because that's spirit. My God, you know what? To dance and sing and shout and scream. And to know it in our hearts so clearly, wherever we show up, we are a blessing. Not because we're the blessing as a personality, but because we've gotten so much out of the way to understand, I'm, I'm this and so much more, and right now I'm the blessing wherever I stand because I'm allowing the expression of life through me like never before. And despite what happens, somebody runs your car into a tree. That's disappointing. That's disappointing. We get illnesses. See, we identify with the body. We get things, we, I, I deal with many people doing cancer. The cancer's, the cancer's the condition. It's not who you are. You are eternal and beautiful and wonderful and extraordinary and brilliant. And you can't do a thing about it. But we keep d discounting it and dis diminishing it because our stories are so compelling. Oh, I got another delusion here. Let me tell you this one. And on and on and on and on. And it's okay. We do that. It's not wrong. It's just kind of stupid. It's ignorant. 
We don't, we don't, we're not born into original sin. I was raised in a tradition, original sin. Oh, my God. I just got here, and I haven't done anything yet, and I'm already doomed. I'm condemned to hell for the eternity just being born. What? Who came up with that? We were born in original ignorance. And I don't want to live in original ignorance. I got a huge learning curve, I know, but I'm looking forward to it. I got great experiences ahead of me, and some of them I'm going to really be uncomfortable doing. Some probably momentarily I'll say, I hate this. And then I'll come back to, you know what? This is all for me. I showed up. And the universe is saying, hey, man, you want to grow? Here you go. Here you go. Here's another one. It will stand up and say, you know what? My kids, I have four of them. Laura and I, this young man that, that lost his life, he was, he was killed with a knife. I've got a secret for you. <clears throat> None of my children, nor my wife, carry a knife. We don't carry a gun. Just don't do it. Well, you may have one. That's, you know, that's your choice. I don't do it. I don't do it because I don't live life like that. And I won't live life like that. And that we allow our children to even think it's okay to walk around with a knife. It's such a reflection of the fear and the, and the ignorance on this planet. It is. It's just absolute ignorance. I ever catch my kids with anything like that? I'll tell you. They'll, it'll be a New York second because I, I don't stand for that. And our teens, we don't teach our teens that they need to protect themselves. They need to know something first. They need to know who they are. They're going to summer camp. It changes their lives forever. I don't just sit up here and, and promote the teens every week and support them and fundraise for them because I, I want them to like me. They need to have this experience. And your support has helped them do that. Every time you support them, we're helping get there and we're, we're, shifting, the, we're shifting the consciousness on this planet. When I go do a, an event like I did yesterday... It just ticks me off. So what can I do with being ticked off? Because there's a delusion I'm making up. There's a, there's a delusion. Come back to the truth of it. How can I take that energy and that commitment and vow to change this so it never happens again? Because we just can't live like that. And I think we all need to say that. I think we all need to say that. So this week, when you get caught in the 108, there's one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. That life is my life right now. So it is.